Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. We are connecting with HR leaders in our community and hearing their story and what makes them tick. Rob is running late, so I'm doing my intro by myself, and uh, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about, but I do know that we're getting ready to have the OKHR State Conference coming up. It is April 5th through the 7th, I believe, in Hard Rock, Hard Rock in Tulsa. So if anybody has not signed up yet, they need to do that. Here is your advertisement, your promo, all of those things. Get on the stick and get on there. We want people to be, we're doing this in person. So I'm really excited that that is going to happen this year because we have missed seeing people. So Rob is coming in late and I'm sure he's just gonna be sliding in here and saying hello as soon as he's in. But while we're waiting for Rob, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our guest. It is Mr. Richard Brown. Richard is currently the HR Director for the Citizen of Potawatomi Nation, where he has worked since 2005. Hear that again, 2005. Richard also leads a college football referee crew for the Big 12, where he's basically handing down calls where he's done this since 1993. So here's a guy who has experience. Richard has also volunteered his time on professional boards such as OKHR, the Central Oklahoma HR Association, also known as CORA, uh, to name a few. And we've been hassling Richard since September of last year to come talk to us on this podcast. But because it was football schedule, um, we decided to wait. So we are so excited. Welcome, Mr. Richard Brown. How are you? I am doing just great. Glad you have him here, Tara. Yeah, and we even, we were supposed to record yesterday, and because when we're recording, this is also during uh, our ice season, that uh, you um, asked if we could do this today. So I'm assuming that you traveled, uh, was it slow yesterday on your travel? Very slow. About a six-hour ride from uh, Dallas, Texas. Oh, my gosh. Did you see any wrecks? Uh, several. <laughs> and, and and did my best to stay away from all of them. <laughs> so oh my it gosh! Was not not the funnest drive. So no. If you can see our faces, it's like ah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, a I'm very glad that we it, that we postponed this, and you didn't have to worry about it because this is just fluff. And we're excited to have you, and then b that you made it home okay, and no no bumps on your car or anything like that so exactly yeah well richard can you start off and tell us a little bit about yourself and how your background led to your career and what you're currently doing well tara i um uh, basically in my adult lifetime i've been lucky and fortunate enough to only have uh two jobs and and, and that one being <laughs> with the oklahoma employment security commission where i spent uh 22 years of my life uh working at the local office level uh i guess people out there know the employment security offices as the unemployment office so to say right. uh you know, we like to refer to it as the employment office where people come to help themselves find work and, you know, that type of thing. But um, but I worked there as, as you know, from the ground floor up as, as 
basically is what they called a, a senior interviewer, interviewing people for work, making sure we had the right fit for the right employer and uh, helping, you know, workers to, to, you know, find that right fit for them as well. Um, and, and I also had the opportunity to, to work as the uh, chief of employment services for the state of Oklahoma, where they moved me from Okmulgee, Oklahoma, to uh, the state office uh, at the Capitol, at the Will Rogers building, uh, where I got to work with employers from across the state, different HR departments from across the state, um, you know, helping them to develop strategies uh, for retention and uh, serving warrant notice, that notice that when an employer's, you know, getting ready to have a closure or a department closure or whatever, you know, helping them, those people, uh, you know, find the services that they need uh, in order to, you know, make themselves viable in the uh, workforce again. And, you know, we developed training, just, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We did all of those types of things that employers do with their employees across uh, the state of Oklahoma. Okay. And then how did you get to your next role? Well, um, i tell you what, uh, Loved working with people, uh, met um, the chairman, vice chairman of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation, Rocky Barrett and Linda Capps, and um, they asked me to come over and be their HR director. Uh, after giving it a little bit of thought, I did it, gave up that 22-year career with the state of Oklahoma, and mm -hmm. I've been with them, thought I'd be there for three or four years. Uh, this is my 17th year with them, so. Yeah. So I saw that you started in 2005 for them. Were they the, because if anybody's been to Shawnee, it is this Mecca. I mean, it is the, the, the facilities. I mean, it is big. It has all of these different branch. I mean, whether it's the casino, it's the grocery store, it's the, the kids baseball field. I mean, there's all these different spots that, uh, that are from the citizen of Potawatomi Nation. So where, when you started, what was happening? Were they building the casino at that time? How, how come it was like kind of this transition of needing an HR director? Well, when I started, um, there were, we did not have the grand casino at that time, which a lot of people, when they talk to me, say, you work for the Grand Casino. Yes, I work for the Grand Casino, but I work for the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. I'm, I'm the HR director for both gaming and administration and government, so the entire nation. When I started, uh, we, we had one small casino on the south side of Shawnee, between Shawnee and Tecumseh, uh, known as Far Lake, Far Lake Casino, which is still mm -hmm. there. From that, it grew into the um, Grand Casino that everybody sees out on I-40. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I believe that's Highway 102 were, at, were located out, out there. But um, we had a total when I started of about 600 to 650 employees. We have since grown to about 2,500 employees. Yeah. So <laughs> we've grown quite a bit. You know, the only thing with CPN that I'm, I'm, I, I am not really the HR director of is our banking system. You know, I, I believe we just bought our 13th bank 
uh, in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, they have their own HR department with um, the bank, but we work kind of hand in hand uh, with them on, on different aspects of, of what they do and what we do. So, um, you know, it's been a, uh, I've had several transitions <laughs> since I've been at CPN. And, you know, when I first got there, we had two HR directors. Um, mm -hmm. One, I believe everybody knows Michael Shaw and, and, and then uh, myself, Michael decided to leave, I believe, in 2010, and the chairman asked me uh, if I would be willing to take over both gaming and government. And, uh, okay. you know, that's where I am now. <laughs> I've been doing that ever since and have a staff now of about 14 people. And, and that consists of all of our, you know, five journalists that uh, we have, three wow. people that work in support, and then we have... Uh, I believe four that work in our administration, I'm sorry, in our payroll and benefits department. Uh, and then I have an assistant uh, who helps me, you know, figure out where I'm supposed to be on a daily basis. And uh, he keeps you straight, or he or she yeah. keeps you straight. They get you where she, you need to go. She keeps me on the straight and narrow, believe me. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I work with uh, all of my staff happen to be women so i'm uh i kind of work for them if you know what i mean so i do as they tell me to do well and and i i have two questions out of this first of all i want to go back to saying that you worked with mike shaw so how is that working with mike shaw because i i i've i'm involved with him from a a volunteer side and you are you seem very calm and mike's woo so how did you guys balance each other or, or was that it? You balanced each other. Well, well, I, I think that was good. He, him being the high strung uh, type of person, I am more of a, a laid back, <laughs> calm type of person. But uh, I tell you what worked well, it worked well. Mike, Mike was a great guy to work with. Uh, hated to see him leave. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, Mike's a few years younger than I am, but I learned things from him. I hope that he learned things from me. And, and you know, we just, uh, we made it work. Yeah. He's, he seems like a person who is big picture, big, big, big. And so you better jump on that train with him because <laughs> if he has a big vision. And so I'm sure that made it fun. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, I want to ask, I'm wondering if you can clarify this because you made a, you made a comment about warm W A R N from uh -huh. when you worked with Oklahoma employment security commission. Would you please take the time and tell people what that is and when that applies? Well, because we're an HR podcast. Uh, I mean, this was a great learning moment. Yeah. And, and you know, things may have changed in the 17 years I've been gone, but, uh, when I was there, we basically come out when we received notice from the federal government that an employer was going to be closing their doors. Uh, we would try to meet with those employers uh, prior to that final work day uh, and let the people know uh, that would be losing their jobs or, or, you know, become underemployed where they could go to get services, be retrained, uh, you know, just what's, what resources were out there for them to help get them back in the workplace. So 
it's it's a, a program that should happen before the employer closes their doors. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have a lot of employers though that 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 fail to meet. Um, you know what what they ask you to do under Warren, and so we have a lot of employees that are former employees of employers out there who close their doors that have no idea what to do, where to go, who to see, and. Uh, mm-hmm you know, how to be retrained, how to get retrained and, and that type of thing. So. If you, I know you said it's, it's been a while since that has, that you've been in that uh, world. And I don't know if Rob can look it up too, but what, tell me again, whenever that is triggered, it's what um, amount of people are terminated and or X number, correct? Yes. Um, well, and, and I, I forget that, that number right now of, of how many it was, but Usually, I know it, it, it was um, if an entire department was shutting down uh, yeah. or uh, the entire employer was shutting down mm-hmm. uh, and, and those people would have loss of jobs or loss of income uh, it, and they and the employer knew about it, that notice should have been set, I believe, yeah. you know, about 60, 90 days before yeah. the actual closing. Oh, that soon? 60 to 90 days? Yes. Obviously, I haven't. Well, okay. I was going to say I haven't been involved in that, but I've been on the other end of that, working for an organization that closed in a in a entire town. So yes, so yes, right. that's yeah. Rob, did you? By have the way, Robert, good to see you. Hey guys, good to be here. I'm out there on the these icy roads, dodging stop signs and stuff, and couldn't quite make it on time. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, I did look up Warren while you were talking, and I got the requirements right here. Uh, Warren stands for Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, and um, it requires employers with 100 or more full-time workers to give them a 60 days notice in advance of the closing, um, and then discontinue operating the unit. Let's say it's got some bullet points here. It says close a facility of 50 or more workers, discontinue an an operating unit of 50 or more, lay off of 50 to 499 workers, or lay off 500 or more. So, um, I knew 500 was somewhere in there. So. Okay, yeah. all those things. All those things. So if you're, a, if you're an employer listening to this podcast and you think this might fun to you, it was really easy to look up. W-A-R-N yes. and Oklahoma Unemployment popped right up there. There you go. Good deal. Well, thank you, Rob, and welcome. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> All right. I have some other questions about um, OKHR has also helped uh, or held the um, HR and Indian Country Conferences. Have you ever been involved in that, um, Richard? Yes, I have. Actually, okay. the, the first HR and Indian Country was held at the Grand Casino in Shawnee, okay. Oklahoma. Uh, we had the opportunity to host it. Uh, I know it's continuing, and I believe that that was probably held in, uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure the year. Two, I was going to say four or five years ago at least. Yeah, yeah 2017 or 18, we okay. held it there. Uh, got a good response from it, and uh, we've continued it. Uh, I think the next one was with the uh, Choctaw Nation down in in uh, Durant and uh, I know they've continued and uh, I think they're holding them with a lot of success. So 
there's yeah. a lot of interest from Indian country and uh, what can be offered in those sessions. Can you tell us how there may be HR related items that may differ than someone who is in a private company or, or even working from the, for the state? Well, I, I think, and I'll say this, I think uh, HR, uh, my philosophy of, of what HR is there for, and this would be in both Indian country and, and other uh, employers that have, an, have HR, I think our main goal is to protect the interests of the employer and then probably act as employee advocates, mm -hmm. second. Um, but I think some of the differences would be from, from uh, Indian country is that we as HR professionals are basically trying to protect the sovereignty of, of Indian nations um, where you know, basically Indian nations are a nation within a nation. We're kind of like the brother to the state of Oklahoma or, or, or whatever. So really, unless we, we uh, determine we're going to comply with a law of, of the state of Oklahoma, uh, we, we basically operate under the uh, jurisdiction of, of, of the federal government when it comes to employment laws and, and things like that. You know, we, we, um, um, as far as I know, we, the only thing, uh, the citizen Potawatomi Nation, for example, I say the only thing, and it may not be, but as it affects me and, and HR, is we comply with the state unemployment laws. Mm -hmm. of, of Oklahoma, where we have to comply with what everybody in the state of Oklahoma, every employee in the state of Oklahoma complies with with them. Now, na tribal nations have the right, for instance, to set up their own employment unemployment programs. But those uh, things can be, they can be so massive. Uh, that's one thing we decided to go the route of, of using the state of Oklahoma's unemployment system. Okay. Uh, plus, plus, I know that system pretty well coming from the Employment Security Commission. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, you know, we we there are parts of of you know Title Seven we don't have to comply with. You know, we have an Indian preference um, employment hiring practice, and of course, we've thrown some others in, uh, like we do give veterans preference. We we give um, um, preference to to not just citizen Potawatomi uh, uh, tribal members, but to all Native Americans. Uh, we also basically, um, you know, we we set our own rules, set our own laws. We tell the federal government what we're going to do, how we're going to do things. And when they audit us, they audit us to see if we're following our own rules. Uh, and uh, if we're not, then then we can be sanctioned just like any employer out there. Okay. Okay. Long answer. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting to hear because obviously there are nuances with with you know if you work with a different business or you work somewhere else and doing kind of the same thing, but this is that's different. And then if you're creating those whatever your standards or your protocol um yeah i mean that that 
I think that's um, interesting and, and obviously unique. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. I saw that you played football in college at yes. East Central. Like, yes. And <laughs> that you were recently honored. So like this was recent in the past, I guess this past uh, fall with mm -hmm. a big time award at East, East Central out of Ada. Uh, because you excel in your career, you had all of these things that are the big stars. So how do you, um, I mentioned this already, that you are a football, have a refing crew. Is that the right way to state it? Uh, well, I, I'm a part of a crew. Okay. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not, not the lead. The, uh, lead well, you know, I like to tell people once we put, those striped shirts on or, or whatever we all have equal jurisdiction on that field so, <laughs> so you ex so you have this football background which then led to being a referee how did that tie to the next step and how did you choose to keep this going for so long well i tell you what um uh, first of all i love the game of football i've uh played it i've, I've uh, kind of coached it a little bit on the side and i've, I've uh, wanted to stay close to the game um was going to go teach and coach coming out of college but instead i, I chose to um get into officiating was getting married at the time and you know coaching didn't pay a lot of money in the, in the state of oklahoma so uh, got went to work for the state. Not that they paid a lot of money, but they paid more money than coaching at the time. And wanted to stay. I figured a way to stay close to the game was to go out and officiate it. Well, uh, not realizing that getting into that line of work that you know you are scouted just like players, like I was in high school to be scouted. Oh, to wow. College to go play college football. Uh, they send scouts, colleges send scouts to games to uh, see if they might be interested in moving you up through the ranks. And uh, I just happened to be fortunate one night, one of our guys was being looked at by the old Big Eight Conference, if you can remember that conference. And uh, I get a call the next day that they're interested in me. So uh, they, they wanted to know if I wanted to uh, get involved with uh the ou and osu spring uh scrimmage situation i told them ah, i may as well give it a try what do i have to lose right you, you stay in that program for about seven years before they tell you if you are going to be good enough to work on the field and games and that type thing well i was fortunate enough to be hired after you know well during my third year in that program and so i got in at a very young age and um it, it, it's been good to me been good to my family and and you know i've got a son that's following my career he's a women's college basketball official or sports family my daughter's coaching basketball at tcu played at ou and um so um and i tell you what the way it it, it my career it, as far as work i think you know it it i in, in, I, I believe what I do is I use officiating the philosophies I've, I've learned in officiating to help me in my actual job as an HR director. 
Ooh, uh, give us an example. You know, this is great. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> well, well, the training that we get in uh, football officiating, uh, we basically have a philosophy of the 5C approach, uh, five C's. Um, and, and they are, you know, being consistent in what you do in your job. So consistency is the first C, uh, having courage to do the job that you have to do uh, on the field. I think, you know, we have to be, have that courage as an HR person to do the right things. And, uh, uh, cooperation, you have to be able to cooperate with people. And uh, especially as a team of officials on the field, you know, when you're on the field as a football official, there's three teams on the field. It's the offense, the defense, and the officials, I think. Mm. And, and the officials have to be, you know, the one thing that, that I, I teach young officials now when I go out to do conferences or, or clinics with them is that um, um, everybody on that field, the coach, the player, whoever, they can make a mistake. But the, the the eight of us in Big Eight or ten of us counting replay now, uh, we can't be wrong anytime. So we've got to work together yeah. to do uh, what it is we're sent to do. And I think we have to be able to work together when there's 14 of us in the HR department at, at CPN. Um, those 14 have to take care of 2,500 employees and we've got right. to work together to make sure the job gets done. So uh, the uh, my fourth C is communication. You have to be a good communicator. You have to talk, be able to talk and communicate with people uh, um, to make sure and ensure things are being done the way they need to be done. And the other one that we teach in, in officiating is confidence. You've got to be confident in what you do. So, and, and these are basically what I, you know, work with and teach my staff uh, as they come in. I want them to meet those five C's. I've also added a, a six C uh, and, and I've also added it with young officials that I talk to as well as people, young ones in, in HR to come in. And that is that we have to be the calming influence. And, and mm. so that, that six C is calming influence. When, when all chaos is breaking out around us, we've still, we've got to remain calm. We've got to be that influence that, that keeps the situation level, uh, keep the, keep, keep the, the playing field level. And, and, uh, and that's what I believe people trust us to be able to do. So that, that's how I kind of think the two are my job on the football field and Right. Job uh, and, and HR intertwined. So, how do you change? How do you teach confidence? Um, well, it, it, it's it's something that's developed over time. I mean, you can't uh, someone new coming into HR, coming onto the football field, they're going to make mistakes. Okay. You can't you can't just beat them down every time they make a mistake. You know, you have to encourage them. You have to, um, you know, pat them on the back. You know, I talk about the mistakes I've made and, and you know, but I'm still where I am today But because I had somebody like that with me 
as I come up. So, yeah, you just can't beat them down every time. Something goes wrong. You were going through these C's, and um, I know I know that there's a seventh C that I know a lot of people think HR has that we we're always trying to fight up, and that would be comeuppance. Come up, coming up there, (laughs) yeah, giving us your comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I may have to add that one, Rob. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. So. Well, I like how you told the story of how coaching has has influenced you from the HR perspective, but then how has the HR perspective influenced you with the um, refing side? Well, uh, in, in, in HR, the one <laughs> no issue no issues are ever the same you know and and uh, they they change on you you know my 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 train of thought on a daily basis changes i bet a thousand times a day it feels like and and you know on the you know being able to handle those situations as they come up and being the director i get them all right you know from from the payroll point of view from the benefits point of view from you know uh, em, employee uh compli- I, I get them all so uh just you know it's it's helped me in that way uh to be able to handle several situations that come up at any given time uh, a lot of them good uh some bad but uh it, it's given me an ability to uh, be able to keep myself level and not uh, getting too excited about things that uh, may go on during the day. Yeah, understood. So one question I have, because you and I had a quick conversation one day and I was so surprised about it. You talked about how COVID affected your football um, roughing crew and and would you be willing to share that with us? I, I loved how you talked about um, what what happened and how it potentially could affect the game. Well, I tell you what, we we have been so protected uh, when it comes to uh, to officials going to a ball game. I mean, uh, we are uh, almost put in this bubble, so to say, where you know. If, and the reason being, if one official gets sick with COVID, uh, then a lot of people, they, they don't think about this, but if an official gets sick, every official in that game is quarantined. So you don't have a ball game that day. It can cancel a ball game. Uh, so, you know, when we fly, we they do everything they can to protect us when, when, uh, we're at a game site. We're basically kept away from everything and everybody. Um, so uh, just, you know, traveling now, we have to uh, comply with whatever state laws and rules that we're going to. So it's, it's, it's affected uh, the way we handle our business from home to game site. And then uh, once you're back home, I mean, uh, you you got to be able to take you have to take care of yourself. I don't know of a game that has been canceled uh, in the Big Twelve Conference or 
I work on what they call the, the Big 12 is a part of what they call the CFO West, which also includes the Southland Conference and the uh, Mountain West. And, and so we work games in all of those areas, but I don't know of a game that's been canceled because we've had to quarantine an official or, or whatever for not doing what they needed to do. Uh, I know that it's, it was the goal of the Big 12 Conference and, and, and other conferences to make sure every official was fully vaccinated. And, mm. um, you know, we, to, to my knowledge, I, I believe that we all are. So, um, you know, we, we are held to a pretty high standard when it comes to that game, just like we're held to high standard, you know, in the workplace. In HR. Right. right. Well, you're, you're at a high standard because that is, so, is entertainment to so many people. <laughs> yes, multi-billion dollar industry. Well, I tell you, you better maintain a high standard. Yes. So, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to put Rob on the spot and ask him a trivia question. Rob, when, when did the Big 8 change to be the Big 12? Do, do. Um, we're in the year 2022, uh, 1996. Is that correct? He is correct. <gasps> 1995 <laughs> was the last year of the big, the big eight. <laughs> it, it, oh, you, wrong. You, did, you didn't know that, Tara? Everybody I didn't know it. Right? I remember it, but I don't, I didn't know the date, but I remember <laughs> I remember, anyway, grew up here. So, yes, I remember the transition, but I didn't remember when it was. But the best part, Rob, I really, really, really hope you go back and capture Richard's face because he went, oh. <laughs> complete surprise. Somebody knew it. Well, uh, I'm stunned, too. I, I pulled that literally out my rear end. So well done. Not a, not a lot of people know that it would be well done. or even come close. Yeah, that's well done. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Our, okay, Richard, back to back to serious questions. What okay. what do you see is a must address issue in HR today? Well, I, I think right now, and I don't know. I know a lot of people don't know this, but I, I'm also the um, uh, chairman of the Central Oklahoma Workforce innovations board uh, a nine county area um, which includes our counties of course and several around the Oklahoma City met metropolitan area um, and leaders from across different those different counties including mm -hmm. county commissioners and those folks but uh, I think the biggest issue when I sit and listen to uh, people in our board and the, the board meet those board meetings and other boards I'm on you know, just sitting in my own offices, I think we're in what I call a tight labor market um, where, uh, you know, employers across the country, I think we're all dealing with this across the country, not just in the state of Oklahoma. I, th I think figuring out what, what's called such a tight labor market where employers don't have many uh, employees or applicants to choose from are a number of factors from, you know, COVID for one, um, you know, that that's, you know, crippled everybody right now. Also people wanting, you know, COVID has caused people to work virtually. And a lot of folks are wanting to work virtually now. And 
not come to the office or to the traditional workplace uh, as they have in the past. Um, in Oklahoma, I think a, a real big uh, focus should probably be put on the cannabis industry. I know we're losing a lot of people uh, to the cannabis industry. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, at this point it, it's federally regulated. Uh, so I, I think before long, there's so much money in that industry that the federal government will probably regulate uh, the cannabis industry and you know get some of those tax dollars. I can't see Uncle Sam not not wanting to dip their hand in that pot, yeah. uh, uh, so to say. <laughs> so right. uh, you know. You know <laughs> Uh, employee, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a big industry in the state of Oklahoma right yeah, now. It um, is. And um, employees are, you know, some of our employees, I know, found out about that. And, you know, some employees can go out there and probably triple their income and not be taxed on it. And um, I've heard, uh, have all the pot they want, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, that type thing. So, and then, uh, so I think one of the big deal for us and, and the employer industry is retaining the talent we have. Uh, and if, if, if we don't retain them, boy, there's not going to be a lot of folks out there to choose from to bring into our places of business. So I think as we recruit, we have to do, uh, our brand uh, has to be out there that, uh, we have to have a good hiring brand. We've got to have a uh, a group of managers and you know that and employees that buy into what we're selling. And uh, we have to listen to our employees and and hear what they're not only listen, but we got to actively listen, hear what they're saying, and what we need need to do to be better employers. Um, you know, so we want. We want everybody working toward the same, on the same vision, toward the same goals, um, you know, and, and we want our managers to be managers that will develop these types of relationships with employees in order to, um, like I said before, find out what we need in the workplace, what we need to do to be a better employer and uh, what we need to do to help them be better employees. And, you know, whatever it takes to retain the talent we have, I think we need to take hard, long, hard looks at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I really feel like, I mean, it's been a big focus uh, where I am of engagement and, you know, people we visited with re recently. I mean, there's so many statistics out there that are just talking about, hey, you need to have connection with your employee. And when you do, all of these things, magically get better. I mean, magic. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, and, but it's, it's simple. We're going to go back to Steve Brown, who spoke with us. Simple. Saying hello. Acknowledging yes. people. Letting them have a voice. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, right. it's, but it's hard to do. And it's hard to say this is simple and this is what you do. And going back to your five C's slash seven, being consistent. <laughs> Being consistent, confident, um, having communication, all those things. So each one of those, I, I agree. Right. Yeah. Um, what What do you think, uh, what are you surprised about in HR? Why were you, whenever you got into these roles of 
you went to go work for the Oklahoma Employment Security Commission, helping people find roles, and then you transferred into um, with uh, citizen of Potawatomi Nation. What did what's something that made you stop in your tracks and say, "Oh, I didn't expect this." Whenever I took on HR. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I, you know, I'm from the, on the outside looking in. Uh, before I actually got into HR, I was I was really surprised that that at, at what people saw HR as, and, and that uh, and basically uh, most people I talked to, they didn't want to go in and visit with HR. They didn't want mm-hmm. to. Uh, they they thought all HR was there for was to discipline and terminate, and. That still kind of that kind of gets me. I, I I want you know our HR department at at CPN to be recognized as that's a department that's there to help you succeed first, and and not be afraid to walk down the HR hallway mm-hmm. uh, for for fear that oh I'm being called HR. It's it's about what did I do wrong? Right. Well, think I want them to think that when they come to HR, it's, it's we want to look at what you did right first, <laughs> and, and what we can do to help you. Somebody we spoke with said, you know, HR right now we're in kind of in this zone. Oh, it was David Emmerthama said it. You know, we're we're the doctors, or you know, HR is the doctors. We're the we're the person triaging. Do you feel like since COVID has occurred that the transition with employees in general are beginning to see HR as a positive rather than the doom and gloom? Uh, You know, and and the way I want, I want our people, first of all, I don't want any employee to work for me in HR that who gets a kick out of terminating someone. Oh, Uh, you know, that that's the last person I want working for me in in the HR department. I, I want, um, what, what I was saying just now, I think that at CPM we are starting to get out of that that be, being recognized as oh man, if I go to HR, I'm in trouble, or mm-hmm. or this is something bad, or something negative is going going to happen. You know, I think uh, you know I've gotten a seat a seat at the table to where you know, leadership is listening to what HR has to offer. Um, I think we're the source of, uh, to ensure the ultimate success of employees from the time they become an applicant or before it, or, or, or before they actually fill that application out. My um, dog's talking, sorry. <laughs> hey, I understand. I'm, I, I think I said struck a nerve or something. <laughs> But, but, oh my gosh. but, but yeah, I think people see us sitting at that table. They, they see us, you know, in a more help role than a, you know, disabling you type of, of, of role. And so, yeah, I think we are slowly starting to uh, come out of that, uh, especially at CPN. And I'm, I'm seeing and hearing that, hearing that from other, you know, HR professionals across uh, the state. All right. Last, last major question. Uh, what's awesome about being you? Well, 
I think the most awesome thing about me is is my relationship with God and 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 my you know him blessing me with the family he's blessed me with a beautiful wife two two children that I haven't had to go bail out of jail or anything <laughs> you know uh who've gone they've gone on to be successful in their own careers and uh I think they're going to be there at a point where they can take care of me when I need it <laughs> I hope so uh, but but raising a family that that uh, has been you know kids that have been successful and, and and God blessing me with the people that He surrounded me with uh, uh, in my job and, and and that type of thing. I think those are the awesome things about me. So yeah. I um, like that answer. Well, I appreciate that. Well done. And well getting done. to talk to you, uh, you getting to talk to you, Tara and Rob. That that's that's great. <laughs> I, you, I mean, that's the awesome part. You got to talk to Rob and me. Da, da, da. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so. Well, we always end our conversation with quick questions. Don't think about them. We didn't give them to you before to prepare. So. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. So in the past year, what has been a revelation to you about yourself? Um. The fact that I can uh, make adjustments on the go because I'm having to make the uh, adjustments on the go on a daily basis as it relates to the issues that's been brought in by COVID and other mm -hmm. things in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's been a great revelation to a lot of people. <laughs> what mantra do you use for yourself and you like to share with others? Um that I am you come to me you're gonna you're gonna be with a, a guy that's relaxed and happy and uh, you know just just happy to be, you know be living life the way it is right now and knowing that we're gonna come out of this eventually someday yeah so do you get mad like once a year is that it is that your cow? Uh, well, I try not to get mad at all. I think I think that's not that's not too healthy. But but uh, you know, I I, uh, I have my moments. <laughs> we should, yeah. but but I know how to control that anger. Oh, good. Well done. I probably not, might have to teach that class to some people sometimes. Uh, copying from Brene Brown's podcast, what? Do most people get wrong about you? Um, that I am, well, I was going to use a word that I can't say, but but I am a hard butt. I'll just put it that way. You can way. say it. I, I, We're on a podcast. A, it's all right. I'm a, I'm a hard ass, and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that I am willing to offer a helping hand. Mm. Uh, would give you the shirt off my back if I could. Yeah. Well, well done. So next thing you know, a bunch of people are going to be coming to you because maybe you can be their buffer. <laughs> All right. And since you're so busy, I don't know if these next two questions will apply to you, but we're going to ask them anyway. Uh, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? Oh, boy. Um, Yellowstone. Yes. Okay. Yellowstone. I, I love, I can't remember, is it Beth? I love some Beth. No kidding. She, she let, 
Yeah, I mean, she's completely opposite of of, yeah. than, of me, but she lets people know how to, you know where you stand with it. 1,000%. She's, she's, uh, she's the one that's going to train all our HR professionals how to be great HR professionals because <laughs> anything she does, we're like, okay, how would I handle that? <laughs> it is right. It is not. It is not. She is not nice and gentle at all. No. Oh, she is not. Nope, she's not. Oh, gosh. All right. And if you don't know who that is, you need to go check it out and watch. I'm sure that there's an episode that we can, well, really any of the episodes, and, and you'll see her in true form. Okay. You will learn a lot. You will learn a lot. Uh, what what book or podcast do you recommend to others that as a must read or must listen to? Oh boy, that's a that's a good question. Um, a must read book is is, and you're not going to believe I'm going to say this, but I'm a football fan, so it's for me. And I've read it several times. Is the Bootleggers book? I love oh, it. oh, very smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just where he came from and where he is today uh, it lets anybody know they can they can uh, be successful in life. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they choose to do. Yeah. He, That's he, crazy, but it's the a horse, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Well, Richard, thank you for uh, letting us pursue you for so long to come visit with us on here. <laughs> I mean, since September and it's March, this has been a six-month journey <laughs> to connect with you. So well, I am a, Tara, I'm a boring person. So. <laughs> well, since it took us so long to connect with you, here's the last question. How can people connect with you if they have any questions or, or just in, interested to connect? Hey, uh, email address. Email me, um, rbrown. I take that back. They, they change it. It's R.E. Brown at Pottawatomie.org. Okay, uh, we'll spell P, that out. That is P-O-T-A-W-A-T-O-M-I.org. Okay. Uh, can reach me there. Can can call me uh, at 275-3121, extension 1150. Um, and I would be glad to share anything I can Richard, this has been a joy. Do you have any parting? Well, it's been a joy. Has, do you have any parting words for us? Well, I tell you what, uh, we as a people have to keep on keeping on. We we can't let the little things in life get us down. We we've got to uh, uh, look at things in the positive and not the negative because there's still so much positive out there in the world that we can grab hold of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's gonna sign us out. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Giving All us right, the, the last word. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful and six months in the works. And here it is, hey, this one yet. All right. Appreciate Until it. Until next Aaron, time, thank guys. You. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, bye. All right, bye-bye.